Hi everyone, it's Nico here in the CIS uh, podcast. I'm so excited to be here today and I'm going to be talking to some guests, special guests as well. So they're going to be sharing their experiences and tell us about exactly what is Community InfoSorts stand for and what they do. So please can introduce yourself and tell us where you are and what you do. Thank you very much, uh, Nico. My name is Hassan Darasi. I'm a project manager for... Um, project called Challenge in Valleys Against Women in Community InfoSource. Um, I have been um, running or I have been managing this project for the last six years, since 2016. The project actually starts in 2015, but uh, it took over in 2016. So it has been more than six years now since we are working on. We work, you know, with men and, um, you know, we to tackle uh, different types of uh, violence against women including female genital mutilation, you know, gender-based violence, coercive control, and honor-based violence. So we talk to people in their own language. So it is, um, we work bottom-up, which is, uh, we, we work at the grassroots level. Mm. There have been so many organizations and so many projects working with women, but there were no uh, projects working, especially with the BME communities, working with men. So I think uh, if we cannot say um, in the whole UK, we can say that we are the only uh, project working in challenging violence against women from the um, community-led community led, uh, community um, violence against women project working men in partnership with men. Okay, thank you so much again, Hassan, for joining me on the podcast. I have five questions here in front of me. So I'm going to go straight to question number one. How would you explain community info source to someone that did not know anything about it? Actually, you know, uh, um, I would explain it the way it was explained to me. Uh, actually, I came in contact with Community for Source in 2008. That was when still I was a asylum seeker. So um, uh, I was a asylum seeker and we were based in the uh, Red Road Flats, uh, the parts of uh, uh, Glasgow. So um, at that time, the white people or YMCA Glasgow, they were initiating something called the Y people, uh, y, YMCA Glasgow Residents Association, which was an association which was basically meant for asylum seekers. It was unique of its kind because uh, there were no other association which was led by asylum seekers. I'm aware the asylum seekers are tenants and the service provider was like uh, YMC at that time, which is white people now. So um, I came into contact with YMCA, uh, Community Enforcer at that time, because they were um, doing for us in, um, you know, uh, they were requested by YMCA to do an association for the asylum seekers at that moment. So um, they were giving us a kind of uh, capacity building, coming to us every two weeks. And it took, I think, uh, more than, as around a year, I think, because it, was, it started in 2008 and the launch of uh, SASRA, which is Scottish Asylum Seeker Resident Association, it took in June 2009. Uh, 2009. So we just came in and given us a capacity. So wh what I know is when we are coming from, you know, the background that it came from, uh, mostly asylum seekers are always suspicious of any uh, organization that comes in contact with them because, you know, of the trauma they have passed through. 
So what you do is we will tell them this is a charity. And this is, uh, at that time, actually, Community Infosource was a community interest company. It was not yet a charity, but it is the same thing, community interest company. We'll tell them that this has nothing to do with the home office. This is a charity which is meant to help you to elevate uh, your living conditions, to be a bridge between you and the service provider, which is which we are doing it at, at the moment. Uh, you we have to soothe the worries of the asylum seekers that this is has nothing to do with the government, or has nothing to do with the home office in general. So that's the way, uh, in a basic way, otherwise if you are going to go deep into um, what a charity means, it is a, a philanthropic organization or something like that, maybe we will not understand it, even myself wouldn't have understood it. So it's the only thing is to tell the people initially that this is an organization which has nothing to do with the government, it is uh, independent and meant to help the asylum seekers, especially when it comes to CIS, they were meant not to help everybody, but the BME communities in general, or in, in particular, they would help some, uh, you know, the other communities as well. But um, the priority is to help the black and minority ethnic groups. Oh, thank you. That's really great. Uh, I, I like when you're talking about, uh, they, I can feel there was something to do with trust. When you say some people always think, oh, this is, yeah, this is maybe a government um, organization and stuff. It's very, yeah. yeah, it's very um, difficult nowadays to trust projects. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not saying that in the bad way. I'm just saying, like, especially if you are new in Glasgow and yeah. any from those countries traumatized. It's like, so how do you guys um, work around to trust? How do you build a trust with people? Services well, services? We, um, for example, if I'm going to talk in our project, because, you know, our project is a type uh, when we're talking about challenging violence and human, especially when, the, uh, you know, people take it, it is a kind of taboo for them if I'm talking to talk about the female genital mutilation, mostly, uh, especially people coming from uh, West African descent, they would tell you, oh, this is a kind of white supremacy. They want mm -hmm. to impose their culture on us. So what we do is, first of all, the first thing that we do is we have to build trust with these people. Once they, they build, we build trust and they get confident about that, they know that we are this, in the same pot like them then at the time we beg, uh, bring them on board and tell them about the project we are doing. For example, the project that um, we are running, what we do is uh, we help them in one-to-one -one support. Most people coming from the East Africa, for example, they don't know the language. We'll help them with the language barrier. Uh, when they take their papers, you know, uh, we'll uh, help them in filling up the forms, whether it is housing or with the DWP for the universal credit or uh, hospital appointments or uh, telling them where they can find the shopping, for example, the cultural shopping and the other issues. We build transfers. Then when they get confident and they, they know that we are the same thing, we have passed through the same process like what they did, then that the time they come, they open to us and we tell them about the projects that we are doing. So, so you mean like the, what you are doing now and the CIS, they got the same similar work? Uh, is that... Is that uh, yeah, when, in CIS, and now I'm talking about the project that I'm doing, which is Challenge of Alex Human. Yeah. But the, the same thing goes with the uh, Women and Men Asylum Seeker Housing Project. And we have another project called the Wellbeing Project, where we take people, for example, to different uh, parks yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, everywhere in the, in the countryside, whether it is uh, also like museums and the other historic places within Glasgow itself. So um, we, don't tell, we, we don't talk about any other thing. We just tell them that we want you to be 
feel safe. You, we want you to, to, to feel that you are at home. So, you know, you just give them a tour, for example, inside Glasgow or around, uh, you know, around Glasgow in like uh, Loch Lomond and the others, uh, the projects are taking it. For us, we are doing the same thing as well as we take some people to, we have a project, a football project in coordination with some other partners. Uh, the people will be playing. And at the same time, we also give them some opportunities to join ESOL classes, English uh, classes for non-English speakers. And we give some sort of, uh, you know, like, uh, if they join our project, for them, if they join, uh, if you are going to the uh, picnic, for example, for the Willoughby project, they will give them the travel expense for the day, as well as a small amount where they can buy, uh, you know, a kind of sandwich or, or water so that they will not feel they are out of pocket for anything that uh, they are coming. So this way, we build trust with the people. And they are always, and when they, when they come to our office, they are welcome. And, uh, you know, they feel like as if that office is for them as well. Nobody asks for them. They will go and do a cup of tea. And many of the people that we have worked with, they have said, uh, that is the only place they feel that they are, you know, it belongs to them because they don't have to ask for a permission, for example, to, to have a cup of tea. Just go and do the cup of tea for themselves and some biscuits and others, yeah, and refreshment. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, we're going to move on to question number two. This one, exactly, you almost touched some of the stuff, so you don't have to go a lot. You almost uh, touched one. He says, how would you explain what, what a charity or, or non-government organization, like NGO, is to someone who didn't know about the idea. Special yeah, asylum as circles. As I said before, you know, I think I have mentioned that before. We have to tell them that charity is non-government. The, uh, actually, in concept, a charity is also NGO. But NGO, for example, it started as a concept when the United Nations was started. But can we say that the United Nations is an NGO now? Well, I don't want to comment. But <laughs> there are so many uh, other NGOs where, for example, like... Uh, uh, doctors with no borders, I don't know, yeah, yeah. medicines and frontier and others which are helping people. And a charity will tell them that this has nothing to do, for example, mostly people who are coming here, they are actually skeptical about the home office. Mm. So we have to tell them that this is non-government organization, which has nothing to do, it's a charity, it gets the, its funding from, uh, from some trust in order to help you to be the bridge between you and your case. So most people, you know, you have to give them such a, you know, a simple understanding or simple explanation that we are here to help you. We have nothing to do with your case or we are not part of home office and the govern any government entity. The same thing goes to NGOs as well. Well, thanks. I think this, this question was for asylum seekers, but anyway, you answered You're very good. well. Okay. <laughs> then we go, we're moving fast. So we're going to, yeah, we're going to, well, um, so okay. go to question number three. How do you feel or what impression did you get the first time you came into the CIS after more after more than five times? How did you feel like? Because you worked there maybe for some time. Yeah, as I told you, I was in contact with uh, CIS actually for uh, since 2008. Um, here, I came late 2007 actually, like late September yeah. 2007, and I was in contact with them in 2008. Um, as I told you, they were giving us a capacity building to make an association for the asylum seekers. Mm. And um, I chaired that organization maybe for two, three years. And I'm still uh, now as uh, somebody who has status. I'm not a full member, but I'm a co-opted member. 
I'm still working uh, with Sasra, which is Coach Asylum Seeker Res Association. Uh, my impression was the first thing when we were doing the, uh, you know, for the association from scratch, we were talking about issues. My English was not so bad at that time because, you know, from, you know, it was not great, but at least I can communicate uh, better than some uh, someone else who has no any English at all. So I'm um, just uh, the impression I had at that time was, uh, you know, like uh, we were talking about uh, apostrophe, for example, we were saying, uh, why YMCA Residents Association? So we're just talking. Do we do the apostrophe about the after S residents, or we put it before S, which is as singular? So when I was asking that question, they said, "Well, they took it. They told me, okay, they are going to answer me next time," and that gave me the first impression that anything, maybe any silly things that I would say, people will take it serious, and that was the first impression I had actually. Then. I volunteered with CIS and I chaired um, uh, a pilot uh, pilot project called Living Well in Glasgow. This is, Living Well in Glasgow was actually uh, raising awareness for people where to get healthy food. Uh, women also were doing some uh, some sort of yoga and uh, you know like uh, well-being uh, classes, well-being uh, counseling um, sessions. We did that one. So I was either I, I volunteer, I chaired that, and I was part of that as well. So all these things gave me the impression that, oh, did this, yeah. So um, it gave me the impression that, so that means, oh, I, I, through, uh, for example, the CIS, when I was part of uh, SASRA, I, I became also part of something called Scottish Refugee Policy Forum because the Scottish Refugee Policy Forum, they were asking uh, representatives from uh, community-led organizations, and I was part of uh, SASRA at that time. So I represented SASRA to Scottish Refugee Policy Forum. And uh, there also, I was, I think in 2010 or 11, Scottish Refugee Council were doing their uh, AGM in uh, Hamden Park. We were invited there, and I was part of the panel. So all these things gave me, so CIS and, you know, involving through them, so in, uh, becoming part of Sasra, I thought myself, oh, there is something that I could learn in this country, or there are people who could listen to me. There are people who, who are valuing me or uh, as a person, so as a human being. So I think this is the, the impression I had uh, when I joined uh, CIS and um, through them, Sasra. And... What do you find helpful or welcoming at the CIS, and what do you find unhelpful or difficult? Well, I think in CIS there is no anything difficult thing. As I told you, people, um, you know, we have so many volunteers, for example. I'm a staff member, but there are so many volunteers working for us. And they, these volunteers also, they volunteer with some other organizations. And uh, with the impression that we get from them is they feel that they are part of the organization. They don't feel that they are, they feel, for example, like when we are doing the team meetings, we would allow the volunteers to, to attend. When they come to our offices, they can freely make their tea and coffee and have some refreshment. So all the things they feel like always like they are part of us, not coming and volunteering and go, yeah, a volunteer means also is part of a staff because they do what the staffs do, um, some volunteers, not all. So, but giving them the impression that they are valuable members of the organization, this is what they lack in some other, I'm not saying we are not the only organization, but they said, here, it was they feel that they are like at home or that they are part of the organization.
That's great. Yeah, I'm going to move to question number five. What things interest or what interest or strength, achievements, fear, anything would you like to the CIS staff and volunteers to know about you? I think this question was for asylum seekers, but, yeah. uh, but you can answer it a bit if you like. Yeah, because since I was a asylum seeker as well, so as I told you, maybe I yeah. have partly touched on that. So, um, as I said, uh, when I came and I was part of um, uh, SASRA, which is the Coach Asylum Seekers Association, and we were doing the capacity building through CIS, and I, I became a member of Scotch Refugee Policy Forum. So, uh, you know, the thing that they gave me, or the, the capacity building that I go through them, uh, it showed me. I could do something, or I could be. A, I could learn. I, I I don't say that I have strength, but at least I have the feeling that I could be uh, do something. Yeah. So when I I became part of a Scottish Refugee Forum through the SASRA and CIS, then I was part of the panel to answer subconscious for the asylum seekers when uh, the uh, Scottish Refugee Council did their uh, uh, AGM in Hampton Park. And I was just sitting, you know, with some uh, very professional people. And at the same time, there was, uh, you know, uh, I think the uh, director of uh, home office in uh, Scotland and North Ireland just uh, sitting beside me. And I thought, oh, am I, you know, somebody coming, an asylum seeker sitting, uh, you know, side by side by home office, uh, you know, director of home office. This was something, you know, uh, I never thought that I would do it. Uh, but so so that means I'm always now giving the people you know you could be a part. That's achievements, of, yeah. Uh, you know, such things, and I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, it was great. I mean, what what I want to say is, you get the opportunity if uh, you know where to get it, or if you get organizations like CIS who can uh, build in your trust or or build on your the strengths that you have, or they can uh, identify the strengths that you have. And they will let you uh, use it, like what has happened with me. Oh, that's good. That's it. Sounds like you achieved a lot, and you've been here yeah. for a long time. You learn a lot. I've, I've, I'm also been here for a long time volunteer, but yeah. this yeah. is really great. Um, if you got anything you want to say at the end before we stop, or ask me any quick questions, fine. As well, long as uh, yeah, yeah, I would like to ask, uh, thank you very much, actually, for Amrati, because this is something that we are lacking in CIS. So uh, starting this kind of podcast. Uh, it will uh, publicize the work that we do. Hopefully, we will have uh, maybe uh, more rounds to do, to tell the you know the general public what we are doing, and uh, as well as to ask volunteers to come to our offices and to to learn like what we did. We, when we came here, we we knew nothing. So throughout the process where I was involved with CIS, I have learned a lot, and uh, that means I have learned a lot, and I want to share this learning with the, with anybody that wants it and have been sharing it and hopefully um, so many people will come and uh, you know they could be part of not only CIS but they could also uh, volunteer most of us when we came here we didn't know that um, you know we would be uh, valid like that and uh, people will be uh, you know will will take serious any anything that we will ask them and they will be always helpful and I would like people to know that charities are there to help the asylum seekers and CIS one was of the vanguards, I can say, or one of the torch bearers who have been helping asylum seekers and the other people. Okay, to hear more on this podcast, 
CIS podcast project, you can go to www.wetalkpodcast.co.uk or look for Community InfoSource on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, get more links about the podcast and share it with your friends leave comments yeah thank you